Welcome to Real Personal Finance. I'm your host, Scott Frank, CFP, CFA charter holder, and founder of Stone Steps Financial. And I'm your host, James Canole, CFP, MBA, and owner of Root Financial Partners. The premise of our show is simple. Money can be confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Our goal is to answer real personal financial questions that we hear from our clients and our listeners. Each episode, we answer one personal financial question in a clear and understandable way. Because money is a tool. And when you understand the language of money, you can make better decisions to improve your financial life. Hi, James. Hey, Scott. We nailed it this week. Thank you. I knew that was coming. We didn't jinx each other. Yeah, yeah. Like the last episode. Okay. Last episode, there's some confusion. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Scott says hi. James says hi. Then we address the question. Then we go through the episode. By age makes sense. Yeah. 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 So I get like a 10 second lead on you. Beauty first. (laughs) All right. What do we have today? Uh, We got a question today. Okay. And it's a question about kind of IRAs, Roth IRAs. What do I do? How do I make sense of this? And it's a common question that we'll hear a lot because it's a very important question. And maybe one of people's biggest. It's complex. So let's uh, let's go through it. Yeah. This question is from Julie. And Julie says, hello, really appreciate your show. My husband and I both fully fund our 457 and 401k respectively. Mm-hmm. He will also use the catch-up provision this year. My company offers both Roth 401k and standard 401k. Last year, I switched to the Roth 401k thinking that tax rates are really low now, so it might make sense to pay the extra tax now. However, we're going into a higher tax bracket and I think we will be impacted if there are any new tax increases. Mm. We have some money in a traditional IRA, small amounts in other Roths, and my husband will have a pension. Would love to know if you suggest I stay in the Roth 401k or move back to the standard to see if we can somehow stay under the new tax rate threshold. Not likely this year. We itemize deductions too still. Thank you. All right. She actually gave you a PS. PS, do either of you take on new clients? Yes. We do. We do. We yeah. absolutely do. So if mm-hmm. you if you need some specific help, reach out. Yeah. Scott's Scott's website, stonestepsfinancial.com. Yeah. My website, rootfinancialpartners.com. Yeah. So you can go there. Yeah. Tell us who you like more. I no not whom we funny you say that, because I was actually gonna say that you are focusing on whom? Who do you like to work with ideally? Uh, a lot of people who are kind of transitioning into retirement and have those more complicated situations from that standpoint. Yeah. And I like complexity too. Um, they just typically end up being closer to my age. I'm 41 and they usually have like stock compensation and executive plans and all that geeky stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So there you go. Exactly. Um, so basically this question is kind of to Roth or not to Roth. Mm-hmm. So one of our very early episodes, one of the most popular episodes, episode number six to Roth or not to Roth. Mm-hmm. So we're going to kind of hit a rewind button and go through that again. Talk about it in a few different ways. Yep. Um, just want to give you guys a, a reminder here um, that while Julie gave a great synopsis of what's going on in her life, this, what we are doing today, is not comprehensive financial planning. Um, we do not have all of the information to provide the answer for Julie and her husband. Um, if she wants that, she should. P.S. Go find an advisor to work with, whether it's us or someone else, um, or do a lot more work on her own. Mm-hmm. But we'll hopefully give a framework of how we would think about this. Yeah, we'll we'll help the most that we uh, that we can, just talking through some of the the things that you should be thinking through. Yeah. So to Roth or not to Roth, I will start with a huge. It depends. 
<laughs> right? Not surprising. <laughs> uh, which is what we always say, mm-hmm. don't we? Mm-hmm. Um, how about we walk through an initial example and then we can start thinking through some of questions we'd want to find out from Julie and her husband. Yeah, I like it. Help them to- frame their own answers. That sound good? Let's do that. Okay. So first things first, when we think about Roth and traditional um, allocations to 401ks or 403bs or 457s or, you know, just just individual retirement accounts and Roth IRA accounts, just remember that like traditional or pre-tax means I get to put the money away now. I don't pay taxes now. I have to pay taxes in the future. Mm-hmm. And if if you do a Roth, the opposite's true. You say, I want to pay my taxes right now, so I never have to pay taxes again in the future. Mm-hmm. So why don't we just look at a simple example? Let's do that. Do you want to walk it through? Yeah. And one thing I, I think, um, well, what you said obviously is exactly right. Some people literally think that if they put money into a Roth IRA, they're going to owe taxes for doing that. They don't really owe taxes for doing that. It's just they don't get a tax deduction because the money they're putting in has already been taxed by the time it hits their bank account in most cases. Really good point. And I've actually never thought of it that way. But yeah, I get why people might think that because they yeah. think like, oh, I have to pay taxes. Yeah. They'll ask, do I owe a tax bill for doing this contribution? No, you don't owe a tax bill or extra on your taxes. You just don't get a deduction for it. No, exactly. Yeah. Good point. Um, what were you asking? Do you want to walk through the example? Yeah. Let's use an example. Let's say that you, um, let's say you have $1,000. Yes. And you can invest that into a traditional IRA or into a Roth IRA. Okay. And let's assume that you're in a combined 20% tax bracket All right. between federal and state tax brackets. And let's assume that that $1,000 is going to turn into $10,000 by the time that you need it based upon what you invested in. Sweet. So 1,000 turns to 10,000. 10X, I'll take it. So what I can do is let's assume that I put that $1,000 into a traditional IRA. Okay. Okay, that $1,000- so you don't have to pay taxes- so I don't have to pay taxes now. So I don't have to pay taxes now. So that $1,000 turns to $10,000. Mm-hmm. Then I take it out. All out at the same time. All out at the same time. Let's assume I'm still in a 20% tax bracket. Yep. Um, that 10000 turns into 8000 Yeah, because you have to pay $2,000 in taxes the moment you take it out. 2000 in taxes. 8000 left to spend. I'm with you. So my $1,000 turns into $8,000 after taxes using a traditional IRA. The yep. one grows to 10, then the $10,000 is subject to 20% taxes, net amount net value is $8,000. Yep. Now let's assume that it's the opposite. I have $1,000 of income mm-hmm. and I want to do a Roth IRA. Mm-hmm. So instead of putting it into a traditional IRA where I get the deduction, I take that $1,000 and it, it first comes to me. It's my bank account. Yeah. And so the point you were making earlier was you're earning, let's just say 50 grand a year through your wages, mm-hmm. $1,000 of that 50, you're saying, I want to go put that away. Yep. 20% gets scooped out for taxes. Payroll now. just withholds 20%. Yep. So you really have, of the thousand, you have 800 bucks left over. Exactly. So instead of have, actually having a thousand to invest, it's really only $800 that I have to invest now. I'm with you. Now I invest that full $800 into a Roth IRA and it has the same exact experience where it 10Xs in value. Mm-hmm. The $800 turns into $8,000. Yeah. Well, now the cool thing is that $8,000 has already been taxed. So if I take it all out, there's no taxes I owe on that. Yeah. So what we see here is that if you're in the same exact marginal tax bracket or even effective tax bracket, there's different ways to slice it here, but today that you will be in when you pull the money out, mm-hmm. theoretically in retirement, it really doesn't matter. Yeah. It's going to be the same thing. You'll have a larger account balance in the traditional IRA, but the net value of that after taxes is going to be the equivalent of a lower balance in a Roth account because it's tax-free. You've already paid your taxes on it. Yep. Yeah. So if rates stay the same, 
doesn't really matter. It won't really matter. Yeah. The game people are playing is, well, rates probably won't stay the same. Which was what Julie alluded to in in her question, right? She went like, hey, it seems like rates could go up in the future. What should I do now? Yeah. 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 And so that's the hard part. Rates will go up and go down many times over the course of the next several years and administrations and everything that happens from here on out. Mm -hmm. The challenging part is determining where will they be by the time I pull these funds out. Mm -hmm. We don't really know. Yeah. Uh, Julie, to your point, we we likely know what's going to happen in the next few years here. Maybe sooner, certainly sooner than that. We don't know to what extent, but it's easy enough to kind of figure out what's going to happen in the short term. Yeah. The hard part is, okay, how's that going to compare to 10 years, 20 years, 30 years in the future? We have no idea what that's going to necessarily look like. Yeah. And I, actually, I would quickly I would quickly just say, stop worrying about that. <laughs> What's going to happen 15 years from now? Because you have no control over that, right? I think it's better for us to give ourselves a framework as to what do we, what do we know? What information do we know about ourselves now, the situation we're in? Um, what's the best solution for us mm-hmm. based on what we think is going to happen or that we're comfortable playing our odds, mm-hmm. right? And then make your choice. Yeah. So um, I think we should walk, th- we could probably even walk through that a little bit more. Yeah, walk through it. Um, the first thing I was thinking is we, if I was, if, if for Julian and her husband, what's your marginal tax bracket? Mm-hmm. Um, so and then marginal. do you guys even know about- what a, do you even know what a marginal, do we know what a marginal tax bracket is? Because that's a big word. Yeah, explain it to us. Yeah. So, um, marginal tax bracket is, um, so we're in a progressive tax system in the United States. So sometimes you'll hear people like, you know, you might hear a politician say they're going to raise, uh, tax rates to 50% for everyone who makes more than a million dollars. Um, that doesn't mean that if someone makes a million dollars, they pay 50% on the million dollars. It means that they're going to hit a threshold where they're going to add a new bracket so think of think of marginal tax brackets. I like to think of them as as uh, buckets. Mm-hmm. And so just imagine. So like on the on, on the federal tax bracket this year, if you're married filing jointly, I'm, and I'm going to round numbers here. Just know that they're they're actually slightly different. You can go look up a federal bracket. But the first twenty thousand dollars of your income is at a ten percent tax rate. Does that make sense? Makes sense. So, so the first ten thousand dollars that come twenty thousand dollars that comes in, you pay ten percent tax on. And twenty thousand of taxable income. So after deductions, taxable income. So we're taking our standard deduction or our itemized deduction, and you know all that stuff's happening. If we made an IRA contribution, that's getting reduced. If you made four hundred one k contributions, that's getting reduced. So it's like the of taxable income twenty thousand dollars ten percent. The next bucket. From twenty thousand to eighty one thousand, you're in a twelve percent tax bracket. Mm-hmm. So now, just imagine every dollar that comes into that bucket, they're going to take twelve percent out, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then, if you progress further, you go into the twenty two percent tax bracket. Now you get to one hundred and seventy three thousand dollars of income. So between eighty one and one seventy three, that's going to take twenty two percent. And then, if you make it to the next one, is twenty four. And then the next bucket is 32 mm-hmm. and then 35. And then finally, if you make more than $628,000, you get 37 cents of your dollar taken away from that point on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's a progressive system. And what we care about when we're looking at like to Roth or not to Roth is what's your marginal tax rate? Yes. Meaning what is the next dollar of the highest amount that you made 
that next dollar, how much of that is getting taxed? Exactly. And if you if you look at a tax return, usually it will show you your effective tax rate and your marginal tax rate. So your effective tax rate, just imagine that all of your money went through all of those buckets and all of those buckets poured the tax water into their own bucket. It's just all of those, all that water that was taken away, added up, divided by all of your income. That's yeah. your effective total tax, tax rate. paid divided by total income. So let's let's say my wife and I make a hundred thousand dollars to use a round number. We would be in the twenty two percent marginal tax bracket. Yeah, but our effective tax rate might be like thirteen or fourteen percent or something like that. Yeah. So when we're and the reason we're kind of harping on this is as we're looking at do we make Roth contributions or traditional contributions to either four hundred one ks or IRAs, it's the marginal tax bracket that you want to be mindful of. Yes. Because that's the, the, those are the dollars that are being impacted by any contributions that you're going to make. Absolutely. Yeah. And so now we not only think you want to know that for the federal, but you also want to know that for the state. Like we're in the state of California where tax rates can top out at 13.3% mm. if you're making more than a million dollars, right? So, so you can quickly get into like a 50% tax bracket. Yeah. Between the two. And you want to know what that marginal rate is right. so you can you can optimize it. Yeah. But once we know what that is, then you want to get specific and detailed for yourself. Mm-hmm. Now, I actually, I think one thing we could touch on here is we talked about to Roth or not to Roth and just looking at it plainly, but let's just talk about human nature. What if instead you just said to yourself, I'm going to save $1,000 no matter what? Mm-hmm. Which one's better now? Well, now a Roth is better. Why? Well, because a thousand dollars in my Roth IRA is worth more than a thousand dollars in my traditional IRA, just because there'll never be any taxes deducted from it. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, so if you have the ability and you're comfortable um, paying the more tax, you know, paying the taxes now to go put away more into a Roth, because just you can put nineteen and a half thousand away in a Roth mm-hmm. post tax. Mm-hmm. You can only put nineteen and a half thousand dollars away pre tax in a four hundred one k. Yeah. So you can clearly see you can go put more away because it's all after tax money. Mm-hmm. Well, now you just technically saved more. So now you have more in the future. Right. That's another way to look at it. Uh, it, it definitely is, especially if you're maxing out your accounts and you want to keep making quali- retirement contributions. Well, you're already, if, if you've already maxed out your 401k and your 457, just by switching, and this is certainly not a recommendation to do it, but just by switching from pre-tax to Roth, you're effectively getting more into retirement accounts. Yes. Because it's the same cap, but the Roth dollars are worth so much more when you look at what that's going to grow to compared to. They'll grow to the same thing, but there won't be any taxes due on any of that money ever again. Exactly. So the uh, question is like, what's your marginal rate? How much more would you be paying to do that? You know, if you're in the highest ends of income and you have a lot of excess left, another thing you might want to look at that we're not going to talk too deeply on here, we've talked about it in previous episodes. You might want to be doing your 457 and your 401ks as pre-tax, and then you might want to see if your company offers a mega backdoor Roth conversion, mm-hmm. or if you could do backdoor Roths maybe outside of that as well to kind of marry the two ideas together. Yeah, exactly. If you're if you're kind of if you really need that tax deduction or just really want that tax deduction, great. Do you do a combination like Scott's talking about? Of can you max out your 401ks to get the pre-tax do- tax deduction? You likely make too much money just based upon what we're looking at here to do a direct Roth contribution. But do you do you do backdoor Roth IRA contributions to do that? Any money that you've talked about having in IRAs, you would you would want to roll over to your four hundred one k or to your four fifty seven. And there's some details there that you want to be very careful that you're yes making sure to do. 
But if everything's lined up correctly, you could look to do a backdoor Roth uh, contribution. So you're still getting the pre-tax deduction, the full 19500 to your 401k and 457. So th- that right there is $39,000 of taxable income deducted. And then you can get an additional $12,000 under Roth IRAs. And if you're over, if you're 50 or above, then, th- then those numbers increase. Yep. Um, now, I like that you talked about state tax brackets too and having to look at those. Because the federal tax brackets, that's going to be the same, whether you're in California, Texas, New York, or Florida. It's just right. the same across the board. If if you are looking at doing your retirement planning, and say you're in a state like California, and you're in a mm-hmm. high-income tax bracket, but you think you might move to a state like Texas, for example, when you yeah. retire, well, that that might be a pretty compelling reason to do pre-tax money today. Absolutely. You're just saying like, hey, I'm going to give myself a 10% raise when I leave Exactly. So like you're choosing to take the funds out in the future in a lower tax scenario for yourself than you are right now. Right. Yeah. So you you might just be right off the bat saving 10, 11, 12%, obviously depending on your tax bracket. Yeah. And taxes by doing that just because of the state tax bracket thresholds. So yes, we need to look at where is federal legislation going to go? Can we predict that? No, not with certainty, but you can, you can, kind of project that as much as you want, but we know for certainty if you're going to move states, there's going to be some definite changes in taxable or just taxation there. So yeah, uh, certainly worth looking at some things. And you brought up a good point too, of it's not just the tax deductions that we're looking at, but you start getting phased out on certain things too. Yeah. I was going to kind of circle back because you were saying like, because the thing is no, none of us know what tax rates are going to be in the future. We can all think we know, you know, there are t- tax rates at play right now that are supposed to sunset for specific people in specific years, 2025, more specifically with the most recent Trump um, tax cuts that happened. Uh, But we don't know what will actually happen. But what we can do is we can look at our own taxes now and what's coming up this year. And that's where like, I will say one thing that a a financial planner can do with you, um, and there's actually, the tools are getting better and better for planners to be doing this work. So hopefully if you have a planner, they're doing this type of work with you is look at your tax rate, your tax scenario, look at your last year's tax return and project forward income for this year and look at how do you optimize things for this year. And the reason I mentioned that is like, uh, as, as John, uh, uh, as we were just alluding to, um, as James was just saying, like, there's things like the child tax credit that phases out at 400,000 of income. Well, I don't know what income we're talking about here, mm-hmm. but if you're just about to hit that threshold and you choose to do Roth instead of pre-tax, well, now not only did you pay more in taxes, but you also lost a credit. Right. So you really paid more in taxes. Right. Because tax, just to be clear, tax credits are are dollar for dollar reductions on your tax return. Mm-hmm. And so if you start to miss out on those things, um, it can really add up. Yeah, and to, to quantify it, I'm looking at tax brackets here. If you have, if your income is four hundred thousand dollars, you're in the thirty-two percent marginal tax bracket. If you're married filing jointly, I think you're in the twenty-four. I don't remember. This is where I wrote it down in such a manner that I might have gave you the wrong info. You're correct. You're in the thirty-two percent tax 30. bracket. Just pay attention to Jane. <laughs> so you're in the thirty-two percent tax bracket, which means that from three hundred ninety-nine thousand to four hundred thousand, as you're creeping up there. You're paying 32 cents on the dollar of extra dollars that are earned, but not just that, you start to get phased out from tax credits. So not only are you paying 32 cents on the dollar, but you're losing your ability to take advantage of certain tax credits, which are reducing your taxable income. Right. So it's it's not just the extra 32 cents on the dollar, but it's also the lost opportunity of some tax credits. And the reason that matters is as you're looking at this, 
if going to Roth all of a sudden, it, it's it's not just a question of what's what's the marginal tax bracket I'm going to pay on that. You also have to see, am I going to lose any credits, whether it's a child tax credit or otherwise? Absolutely. Start being phased out. You want to know levels. your own marginal tax bracket. And mm-hmm. if if you're working with an, a, a, that's where like the value of working with real advisors, which we don't harp on too much, but it can be so valuable because now you have someone who's actually taking the time to get you to send over that tax return and go run the projection with you to right. look at what you're doing. Um, CPAs and accountants, I love them. They're amazing at what they do, but they are usually helping figure out what happened in the past rather than looking forward at what you should be doing. That's a, a kind of a bridge where advisors can come together with other professionals and be very helpful for you. Yep. So if you, or do it yourself as well, that also works. It's just, mm-hmm. it's technical. So it gets pretty, pretty deep into the weeds pretty fast. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, th- I think that's uh, a good look at this. I'm just looking at the questions. Is there anything else we've missed so far? No. I mean, we. I think we kind of answered the question with it depends. And I think the answer is still it depends on Julie and, and her husband's situation and what they want to do. Um, you know, something we didn't even bring up here because they didn't really mention it, but I would again come back to the question of, we talked about in a previous episode, liquidity mm-hmm. and just looking at, well, how's your balance sheet shaping up? And and where where's money positioned for you just in case life occurs? Um, because if all of our money's sitting in retirement assets and sitting in a house and we don't have any liquidity whatsoever outside of that, I would I'd be concerned and you might want to do something there as well, mm-hmm. even if you do have to pay a touch more in taxes for mm-hmm. a, a year or so. Mm-hmm. Right. Good point. Yeah, it's uh, you know, the same way we say this this cannot be advice because we don't know the full financial picture. What goes along with that is the the feedback that we are providing ties into every other area of anyone's financial life. So whether that's liquidity or short-term savings or the goals that you have or taxes, everything is intertwined. So mm-hmm. we're kind of looking at this in a vacuum, but it never really exists in a vacuum. One of my favorite advisors, Karen McClanahan, she's out of Florida. She was an ER physician first, and um, she has to had to study the human body all the time. And one of the things she'll say about finance, personal finance, is that it's a complex adaptive system. And then exact gets to your exact point. You change one thing and it affects other points, mm-hmm. right? So you just, it's not, there's, there's usually not just simplicity mm-hmm. with this thing. Mm-hmm. It's usually complex. Right. Yeah. Right. Awesome. Well, anything else? That's it. All right. Julie, thank you for the question. And yes. Thank you all for listening. Yes. Thank you for listening. And, and if you guys find this to be helpful, please take a minute um, to just leave an iTunes review or, you know, leave us a like share the posts. We want more people to learn so that people can, you know, become more well-versed in their own personal financial journeys. And and the more we can help, um, the better off everyone is. So thank you. And, and please, if, if you find it helpful, please leave a review and share it with others. Yeah. If you don't find it helpful, do it anyways. Hit delete. Friends might. <laughs> <laughs> no, tell us that too. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Thank you everyone for listening. We'll see you all next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Real Personal Finance Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and let us know by leaving a five-star review. And if you have a question that you'd like for us to answer, then head over to the Real Personal Finance website at realpersonalfinance.co. And there's a section on the bottom of each page there where you can submit your question for us to answer in a future episode. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only. and should not be relied upon for a basis for investment decision. This podcast is not engaged in rendering legal, financial, or other professional services.